Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. Hey everyone, real quick before we start the show, Brad wrote an amazing ebook that will teach you everything you need to know about house hacking and living rent free. To get a free copy, text house hack, all one word, to 22828. That's house hack, all one word, to 22828 to get your free copy. Welcome to House Hacking Success. I'm your host, Bradley Labrie, and today we're going to talk about a very important subject, which is finding an investor-friendly real estate agent, because I am a real estate agent. Let me tell you something right now. Most real estate agents are not trained to help you as an investor or a house hacker. That's just factual. They are trained to help the consumer, the single-family mom-pa trying to find a three-bedroom, two-bath for their kids and live there for 30 years. That is what they're trained to do, and I'm here to tell you, because I am a real estate agent, that you can find investor-friendly agents and you just have to know what you're doing. So we're going to talk to you about how to find them, the questions to ask, the things when you sit down with them to talk to them about. But then the other things we're going to talk to you about is why agents are important and why you should have one on your team. And I'm going to list out about five things that are very important for you to know that agents do for you. And the first thing is, is that as the buyer, which is you, you do not have to pay your agent. So we're going to talk about a few of those things. You don't have to pay that commission. The seller is going to pay that for you, uh, the buyer. So that's something to consider. So we're going to go through all these questions, what you should ask them, what you should know about a real estate agent, and we're going to really dive deep into how you can get into your house act very quickly when you find the right people on your team. So first, let's talk about the benefits of having a real estate agent, what they are, and why you as the buyer should always, always, always have an agent, especially when it's your first time. So number one is the fact that you do not pay the commission to have an agent. The seller does, which is a huge advantage for you, which is why you should definitely find an investor-friendly real estate agent. Okay. Number two, they're trained in your market. Okay, Even if you're born and raised in your market, there are things that real estate agents do every single day because they're in your market every single day. They know that you don't. Right, They go to meetings, they are constantly in contact with other brokers or other agents, or they're going to investor meetups or just real estate associations, Right, and they are constantly being consumed with the market that you're in probably more than you are, which means that they're going to have tips or tricks. So if you find the right one, a one that already is an investor, that understands what you need, why you need it. They will look at the world totally different than just a normal agent that wants to get you into a three-bedroom, two-bath for your family. It's, It's just a totally different mindset shift. I'm telling you because I'm an agent. When I talk to other agents that, A, they're either investors or the other ones aren't, it's just totally different worlds when I talk real estate with them. Okay, so that's that's the second one. They're trained in your market, okay? The third one is they understand the process. Something that you're going to learn over time when you start to do more deals is you're going to understand the process of getting a property from listed to sold and under contract into your possession. It's a unique process. There's a lot to it, right? And you, as a first-time buyer, probably don't know that process. So it's very important to have a trained professional on your team that's already invested, that understands what you need, that'll help guide you through that process. Uh, The third one, or the fourth one, I should say, I'm sorry, is they understand contracts. 
Okay, they understand what proposals are, what you should have in them, right? They understand contingencies, which for those that don't know, contingencies are the ability to back out after you already accept. So when I tell people who are are presenting offers or looking at properties is to just go make offers. Why is that? Because as an agent, I know that there are contingencies that mean that you can back out if the property is not what you think it is. Okay, so let's give an example of this. You have a $100,000 property, okay, and you think the property is worth $85,000 because it needs work or for whatever reason you think it isn't what it's worth at $100,000. You would be more comfortable buying it at $85,000. Well, throw that offer out there. Why is that? You have contingencies, right? You have an inspection period contingency. So if you lock into a contract for $85,000 with the seller, you now have... 10 days is the usual, but you can put it whatever you want. You have 10 days now to go through with an inspector, whoever you want, and look at the property to see if it is what it is. If you go through it and you see that it has foundation issues and you did not plan for foundation issues or you find out that there's water damage in the basement or that the roof is leaking or any other number of things wrong with the property and you did not know that and it's now going to cost you thousands of dollars to fix that, you can back out of the contract. The other thing you can do is if you have $85,000 contract and you find these things, you can go back and renegotiate with the seller. Go present to them, hey, we found that you have basement issues, you have a roof issue or whatever it is, and you say, it's going to cost me five to $10,000, whatever the cost is. I need you to lower the cost by that much or maybe slightly more just because there are variables of whether how much work I'll need to do. And a lot of times that'll happen. A lot of times you'll get the contract, you know, say it's $10,000 roof you need to replace and you have it for 85 and you present them to 75,000, they're ready, they're going, you know? And so that's another process that your agent can walk you through, which is contracts. You don't want to go at that alone, especially when the seller has an agent and they fully understand contracts. They can get you, they can manipulate you into favoring them in the contract process and you do not want that. So you want an agent. The other one is that they know the team members for the job. So right now we're talking about generic agents, um, but they do know team members get the job done. When you find an investor-friendly agent, they are absolutely going to know the team members that need to get the job done for you because loan, most loan officers don't do multi-unit dwellings. So if you're getting a three and a four unit or something to the tune of that, you need a loan officer that knows what he's doing. Or for instance, if you did what I did, which is a 203k loan, right? Which is a renovation loan where the bank paid for my renovation on a property, which was a four unit. You need somebody that has been through that process or somebody that knows how to get through that process because I didn't, right? And Matt Picaro, who is on episode three, which was the 203k, he's at the 203k way. Uh, he's an expert at these. Both of us went through mortgage brokers who had no idea what they were talking about. They're salesmen, so they told us they did at the beginning of the process. But it was a nightmare because we didn't have the right people for the job, and I didn't have the right agent for the job because I was new to this. Okay, And so when you find the right real estate agent, he will point you in a direction of the right loan officer to get the job done. And Matt Picaro has a great, he calls it the 60-second hack, where you can actually look up if you're doing a renovation loan or if you're doing a unique loan, you can actually look up. Uh, I believe it's on Federal Database. I, I forget the exact site. Um, I can set a link to you if you want that. But 
If you go on this, it'll show you the exact people doing the loans you want, which was in his case 203k in your area. And agents know this too, right? And so they can find you the right mortgage brokers for the job. Like myself, I work with about three to four mortgage brokers that I really trust and like. But the reason why I have multiple mortgage brokers is the fact that not everyone specializes in everything, right? They specialize in one to two loans or one to two products that they're very, very good at, they're very efficient at. And the other ones, they're just average at, right? And so I know that. And so when somebody comes to me with a unique situation, I know who to point them to based on their the mortgage broker or the mortgage lender's strong points, okay? So that's another thing to consider. And also, banks versus mortgage brokers, most of the time, if you're doing unique situations, small banks like credit unions or local banks or mortgage brokers are a lot better at getting those done, done than big banks like Chase or you know many of the other banks. Uh, the smaller who are you know have reason to help you in their area because they want to grow the area that they're in, the local bank or mortgage brokers who have many, many people that they can pick from many lenders, secondary lenders to choose from. So agents will be able to help you in that, long story short. And the last one, they should, I put will, but they should catch things for you. If you find a good agent, they will catch certain things that you won't be able to see because you're not a trained professional, okay? So if you have a good agent, they're gonna catch certain things, whether it's in the contract, whether it's at the property, uh, whether it's about the neighborhood, Right, because a lot of times in a lot of areas, you can go one block over, you can go, you know, one street over, and the entire demographic changes. Right, maybe you know, one area is built up homes, and then you cross, you know, a four way stop, and there's trailer parks over there, or there's you know, brand new dollar stores that are going and they're attracting a certain clientele, or maybe there's you know, a lot of crime on this side of the street, and you know, even though the other side of the street's a great area and you still have the same schools, your your properties on that side of the street, you want to know that, okay? And real estate agents are trained to know that. We look at all this data and we, we will bring it to you while we're showing these properties. At least I do and most agents I know do, right? They'll bring you comparable properties. They'll bring you uh, crime data. They'll bring you, um, you know, all the demographics that you need to know about the property we will bring with us as agents, so that's what you need to know of having a real estate agent in general. Now we're going to talk about the benefits of having a real estate agent who is investor friendly, which is even more key to this process. So number one, they'll understand the numbers. If they're an investor, they're going to understand numbers because they invest in properties themselves, right? And so they evaluate property themselves, right? So some of the numbers that we talk a lot about, if you're looking at you know C plus to B properties, is the 1% rule, all right? In this market, which is a seller's market, we're in a very hot market, a 1% rule on a C plus to B property is something that you should consider. And all the 1% rule states is that if you have a $100,000 property, on a per month basis, the rent should be 1%. So if you have a $100,000 property, you should get about $1,000 per month in rent. That's all that states, okay? And it's not you know, they call it the 1% rule, but it isn't a rule. It's a it's a rule of thumb. It's something to consider. It's not the end-all be-all. Just because it's below or over doesn't mean one way or the other it's a great deal or it's not a great deal. It's just something to consider. We have about six, 
I use about six back of the napkin evaluations to look at properties to to see if I should do more due diligence on the property or make an offer. So you know these these six I can I can do like this in a matter of a couple of minutes and understand a property to a certain level and then go do do due diligence. Okay. The second is like the 50% rule, right? What the expenses are on the property or the cap rate, right? There are many, many different numbers that we can run in, and they might even have their own that they run for their area because of specific reasons in your area, that is. So that's just something they should know. They should know numbers. You should talk to them about that. When you when you go sit down with a real estate agent who you believe is investor-friendly and he has investment properties, just talk to them about numbers. What numbers do you run, Right. And they'll give you the numbers they run and you can evaluate if that's something you want to use for your rental properties. These are questions you should be asking the agents when you sit down with them. Hey, I'm looking for an agent. Do you have properties? If they say yes, okay, what numbers do you run? Like how do you evaluate the properties? How are you going to help me evaluate the properties? Right? These are certain questions. The next one is they will understand the markets and areas and regulations that are conduct conducive for investors. That's important. Because before we talked about just general real estate agents will understand the markets and the areas, right? Which is what what block are you on? Are you on the good, you know, because one block over could be a bad part of town or across the street is a different school district, whatever. So they'll understand that. The next step in that process, process is regulations. Are those regulations on this part of town conducive to you as an investor? And a real estate agent should know that. And these are questions you should ask them. Where are the areas in our market, in our town, in our city that are most conducive for investors, right? Where are all the multifamily properties at? You know, where is all the zoning for multifamily at? And they'll show you on a map. Where can I use Airbnb in my town? And they'll show you a map. Maybe the whole town is. Uh, so, you know, some areas are very welcoming to it. There are a lot of areas that are that are very standoffish to Airbnb and other forms of uh, short-term rentals, right? So you need to know this, and a good real estate agent, an investor-friendly real estate agent, somebody that understands their market to a high level is to understand those regulations because they're going to need it for themselves as well. So ask them about that. If they can't explain to you which side of town has the you know is, has multifamily zoning or which side of town allows Airbnb or which subdivisions allow you know the you know allow uh, investors to rent property some some subdivisions won't even allow investment properties right there are a lot of regulations your agent should know this the next one is they will connect you with great team members we talked about this before and the key to this is team members who are also investors right I mean, I know a lot of uh, mortgage brokers and mortgage lenders uh, or bank lenders or, you know, certain lenders that, you know, they'd say, oh, I specialize in investment properties, but they don't have any. And so when they go through the process, they're looking at it from their perspective, not your perspective, not what's best interest of you, the investor. And, you know, they, you have to remember that real estate agents and mortgage brokers, they get fed by putting by producing loans for you or selling properties for you. So you ha- they're going to tell you what you want to hear. You have to research them and ask them the right questions to get to the bottom of it. Ask them for a track record. You know, if you're using a unique loan like a FHA 203k loan, ask them how many have you done? Can I see the paperwork on that? How quickly did you close, right? Uh, go search them up online through that database that Matt Picaro has, the 60 second hack. 
and figure out, you know, that'll tell you if they have actually done a 203k loan. Um, so there are ways to find that. And another thing to consider when you're, when you're finding this agent who's investor friendly, re- always remember this. This is the golden rule. Rock stars hang out with rock stars. Agents who are investor friendly, who are investors themselves, who are rock stars, they hang out with rock stars. They're not going to deal with subpar mortgage brokers and lenders. They're not going to deal with subpar, uh, you know, team members and, and people that they rely on, title companies, you know, yada, yada. They're not going to rely on that. They're going to hang with the best of the best. They're going to hang with the people to get the job done. And that is why you need to do your due diligence and find an investor-friendly agent. And the last one is that even though we said before that real estate agents will catch catch things for you, investor-friendly real estate agents will catch minor details that will kill your cash flow. Here's a couple of examples, uh, examples that I have personally witnessed and heard of. Uh, a friend of mine uh, bought a property in a specific area. It wasn't close to a lake. Uh, you know, I'm from Michigan, so you know we have lakes around us, but it was sort of uh, you know an hour away from the from from the water. Um, and he was in a flood zone, and he had no idea about it. Right? I mean, this was just kind of a, a, a ordinary place, right? A good area uh, by a college, uh, and he was in a flood zone, right? And so he had, after he closed on the property, he found this out. And he had to get flood insurance, which wiped out his cash flow, right? So a good real estate agent who's investor friendly is going to know these little, you know, these small little details and they'll show you on a map. That's something to consider. Where are the flood zones in my state, in my area, right? And they, they'll be able to pull up a map and find that out, right? They might not know that offhand, but you as investors should know this. They should know this too. They should, you know, when they're looking at a property, uh, you know, I always look at things like that. Are we in a flood zone? Right. And it's very easy to find out. Um, and so all these minor details can kill your cash flow and you need to know them. Right. Uh, are there any additional fees on the property? Is there an HOA? Right. Um, homeowners Association fee is what that is. Uh, many other different things that can kill cash flow. They need to know that. They need to tell you that. Uh, and they'll catch that for you. So, again, investor friendly agents are not always easy to find because there's very few of them. Most agents are trained to help the consumer of single family properties because that is the vast majority of real estate transactions, right? Most people buy single family properties and live in them for many years and raise a family, right? That's the American way. You need to do your due diligence and find somebody who's an investor-friendly agent who has bought multifamilies or helped people buy multifamilies uh, who has investment properties of their own because they're going to think of the world completely different. And the question always comes up, how do I find them? Well, that's that's the hard part, right? That can be challenging. So talk to other investors. Go to investor meetups. Say, hey, you know, most of the times, if you go to uh, REIA, which is a Real Estate Investing Association, or something similar, go on meetup.com, there's an app, and you'll find real estate uh, meetups close to you, right? Go on Bigger Pockets forums and just ask the questions, hey, who's an investor and an agent here, right? Just stand up in the middle or, or start asking people, you know, at the meetup, hey, who is this? Or, you know, if you go to the meetup, you know, a lot of times at the end, they'll say, who has questions? Who has this? Who's looking for this? And a lot of times people will say, I'm looking for this deal. But you can stand up and say, hey, I'm looking for an investor uh, lender and an investor-friendly agent, somebody that, you know, has done personal deals. And you'll find it. When you start asking and broadcasting in front of the right people, you're going to find the, the people that are going to help serve you. So 
those are my tips. And again, benefits of having a real estate agent is key, but it's even more key to find an investor-friendly real estate agent, which there aren't many of, but if you go to the right places, you'll be able to find them in your market. And again, on our podcast, we have had several, most actually, of the people that we've had on our podcast are agents. And a lot of the people that are coming up on our podcast are agents as well as investors. So if you're in a specific area, reach out to us, send us a DM, and we will help you find someone in your market. Uh, you know, No matter where you are in the country, we have contacts of agents that are house hacking right now that can help you. And if you guys are too far away, they can point you in the direction of somebody else. Because again, rock stars know rock stars. In the state of Michigan, I know a ton of people all over the state that are great rock star agents who house hack, who invest, and they sell. And that's the thing to know. Rock stars know rock stars. You guys have a great week. Hey, everyone. Brad wrote an amazing ebook that will teach you everything you need to know about house hacking and living rent free. To get a free copy, text house hack, all one word, to 22828. That's house hack, all one word, to 22828, to get your free copy.